Wow, so great to see you all out there tonight. <clears throat> I would be willing to bet my life that there's not a single person here in the audience tonight whose life has not been touched in one way or another by cancer. <clears throat> Maybe some of you have had cancer and come out the other side and are now survivors. Maybe some of you are going through that struggle right now. Maybe some of you have lost someone dear to you, a wife, a husband, a partner, a lover, a child, a relative, a dear friend. People say the strangest things to you <clears throat> when you have cancer. I, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2013. And people just say weird stuff to you when you have cancer. People have a lot of weird ideas about cancer. I have this t-shirt, and, and I'd like to show it to you, if you don't mind my partially disrobing here. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and my t-shirt says, can you all see that? Can you all hear that? Read it out. Read it out. Cancer, fuck you. <laughs> doctor that I go to, not for the cancer, she, she helps me with my back problem, but I remember going to her and I was wearing this t-shirt, and when she saw it, she said, oh, don't say that, don't say that, because, you know, cancer might be pissed off, cancer, <laughs> cancer might get mad and come back and mess with you some more, as if, as if cancer was a sentient entity, as if cancer, you know, had had will and volition and intention, I thought that was strange. <laughs> when you have cancer, people want to uh, share with you their own secret knowledge that only they have, nobody else in the universe knows about what cures cancer. They just, they just can't help themselves. Oh man. Did you know that blue-green algae cures cancer? I'm telling you, man. Or, or how about this one? Mistletoe. You gotta go to the naturopath and get an injection of mistletoe because I'm telling you, mistletoe kills cancer. That's how they do it in Europe. They're all over it in Germany. Mistletoe, man, that shit kills cancer. <laughs> or they wanna tell you what causes cancer and why you got cancer. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. What? You ate non-organic vegetables? No wonder you, you ate bacon? No wonder you have cancer. Oh my God. I actually had one friend, a very well-intentioned friend, tell me that I got cancer because I was living the cancer lifestyle. <laughs> thing to me that anybody said to me about cancer, the thing that I think is the weirdest is those people who say to you, you know, cancer is a blessing. <laughs> really? Cancer is a blessing? I don't think so. Not so much. You'll notice that the shirt doesn't say, hey cancer, thank you. <laughs> You know, it makes me think of that line from Fiddler on the Roof, 
where they asked the rabbi, is there a proper blessing for the czar? And he says, may God bless and keep the czar far away from us. <laughs> well, if cancer is a blessing, somebody else can have mine, boy. Keep that shit far away from me. <laughs> so 2013 was a, a no good, terrible, horrible, very bad year. In, uh, in January, my mom died. We went back east for the funeral. We came back in early February and I was diagnosed with throat cancer. And you know, that's kind of an ironic cancer for a storyteller to have, you know, throat cancer, not so, not so good. But I, uh, I had a wonderful surgeon and he, he took me into surgery and he removed a tumor from the base of my tongue, which one of his fellows later told me was the size of two thumbs laid together like that. And then they did a procedure that's called a neck dissection. And, and let me tell you, whenever they use the word dissection and they're talking about something they're gonna do to you, that is not a good thing. But they opened up my neck on both sides and they took out 65 lymph nodes. I spent nine days in the hospital and I came home with a tube that went up my nose and all the way down into my stomach. And for the next couple of weeks, everything that I ate or drank and all the medicine that I took went down that tube. And that was the easy part. <clears throat> the hard part was radiation. They give you six weeks after the surgery to kind of heal up a little bit and then the radiation started and the radiation just about killed me. Uh, my son Scott moved into the house so that he could help take care of me and help keep things going at home and take me to radiation almost every day and, and that was wonderful. But the radiation, you know, the thing about it is that, yes, it kills cancer cells, but it kills healthy cells too. It kills cells that you would rather not have killed. So what the radiation does when they give it to you in the head and neck region is it, it creates like a, like a bad, bad sunburn, not just on the outside of your neck, but inside, the inside of your throat gets like this second degree sunburn. All the hair of my beard fell out and I gotta tell you people that my chin has not seen the light of day since I was 18 years old and old enough to grow a beard. Um, the radiation killed my saliva glands so that my mouth was always dry and I could hardly speak. The radiation also killed my taste buds and for the next three, four, five months, everything that I ate tasted salty. And Lynn would make coffee in the morning. How's the coffee? Salty. How's the ice cream? Salty. How's this? Everything was just salty. That was the only flavor that I could taste. The radiation just knocked me out to where towards the end I slept just, you know, 18, 20 hours a day. And um, the radiation killed my thyroid gland. And that just sent me into a tailspin because your thyroid controls a lot of important functions. I had no idea how important your thyroid was, but I was always cold and um, uh, I was just incredibly tired. Uh, having no thyroid just makes you terribly, terribly depressed and I was just crying all the time at the drop of a hat. And, uh, and to top it all off, I was constipated like you wouldn't believe. And I know that that's way too much information, but I really wanted to share that with you. Thank you for listening.
I think that for me the low point of the whole thing came during the last week of radiation. I had six weeks of radiation. I went five days a week. Scott would drive me. It was like my, my horrible day job, right? Got to go Monday through Friday. And I was three days from the end of radiation when I, I was at home. I had already gone that day and come back home. And I was in the bedroom, but I was freezing cold. I was so cold that I was shaking like this. And I thought that I was shivering, but it was really more of a convulsion. But I, I got every blanket that I could find, and I wrapped them around me, and I was still so cold. And I thought, well, I'll just go out in the kitchen, and I'll sit at the kitchen table, because that's where the sunlight comes in. And maybe the, the sunshine will warm me. It was June. It was not cold, but... But I just thought, well, if I could just get in the sun. And I went, I stumbled out to the kitchen table and I sat down. But the shaking was just getting worse and worse and worse. And, and now I'm in the kitchen and Lynn, my wife, was in the, the dining room. And there's a swinging door between the kitchen and dining room and it was shut. And I tried to call out to her and tell her that I was in trouble and I needed help. But at this point I had pretty much lost the power of speech. And I thought, well, I've just got to get through the door to the other side and then she'll see me and she'll realize that I'm in trouble. She'll realize that I need help. So I somehow stood up and I staggered through that door and there was a chair right on the other side of that door and I flopped down into that chair and, and yes, she did see me. She heard the door open and then my eyes rolled back in my head and I had some kind of a crazy seizure and I passed out. Well, Lynn called the hospital and said, oh my God, Lawrence is just having a seizure. And they said, no, actually he's just dehydrated. <laughs> and they were right. Because at this point, the last week of radiation, I, I couldn't eat, I couldn't even really drink a sip of water. And I, I was living on this nutritional supplement called Boost. And, and I don't know, those last few days before that event, I had probably lived on two or 300 calories a day at the most. And, and I hadn't drank any water and, and that's what was wrong. So uh, our other son, Ray, came over and he brought the Pedialyte, you know, the, 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 the Gatorade and, and I hydrated and I drank as much as I could. And the next day I went to the hospital and they did me an IV port and I, I did the IV hydration. Now the thing was that because this had happened, they wanted to give me a few days off radiation and push it out into the next week, but I only had three more days left to go and I was so desperate to be done with the radiation that I insisted and I pushed through and I finished the radiation that week. I had thought that the last day of radiation would be a joyful event, Kind of like the day that they took my nose tube out. I was remembering back to that six weeks before, that day that they had finally taken the nose tube out. And I'm telling you, folks, it was like the clown car. You know? <laughs> like, how long is that thing? But, but that was such a happy day. And, and after they took the nose tube out, I, I got up off the table, I stood up, and Lynn and I took hands and we jumped up and down and, and we did the happy dance right there in the doctor's office. And I was thinking that the last day of radiation would be like that too. But on the final day of radiation, I was so beat up that all I could do was cry and cry and cry.
Well, it's been a long, slow year of recovery, and as you can see, I am doing much better now. This is what they call the new normal, and of course, whenever there's a new normal, that means that it sucks compared to the old normal. <laughs> But I'm very glad to have a new normal to complain about, and mostly I'm just very glad to be here on the right side of the grass, standing up here telling you guys a story. So I think about, well, what did it all mean? Why did this happen to me, right? Human beings always want to know why. What's the reason, right? Fish got to swim, bird got to fly, man got to sit and wonder why, why, why. <laughs> well, there is no reason. There is no why. This was just a random event, a random accident. Cancer, by its very nature, is just random, right? One cell goes rogue. It goes wild. It goes crazy. It mutates. That's why they call it a random mutation. And it changes. And then all the cells around it change too. And then all the cells around that and before you know it, you've got a tumor at the base of your tongue that's the size of two thumbs, right? But it's a totally random event. It just happens that way. <clears throat> well, if cancer is totally random, what do people mean when they say cancer is a blessing? I think what people mean by that is that Cancer kind of wakes you up and makes you think about what's important and that your time is short and that you have to be grateful and that life is precious and all those things. And all that is true. But I have to tell you people that I already knew that before I had <laughs> I mean, I was living a dream. I have a beautiful, talented, wonderful wife. I have two fine, strong, handsome sons. I have wonderful, wonderful friends. I have a roof over my head and a car that starts every time I turn the key. <laughs> I, I have meaningful employment. I, I mean, I, I'm grateful for all that stuff. Yes, every day, every hour, every minute, every second of this life is a beautiful and sacred and precious and miraculous gift. But I didn't need cancer to teach me that. People say to me all the time, they say, you kicked cancer's ass. And I wish that were true. But the truth is that cancer kicked my ass up one side of the street and down the other. And I will never be the same. All I did was to hang on with all my strength, with all my might, and I survived by the skin of my teeth. And there are lots of other people who also hung on with all their might, with all their strength, and they did not survive. Now, I'm not any stronger than they were. I'm not any more worthy, any more deserving, any more important than they were. I was just plain lucky. You know, during this year and a half of recuperation, I have spent a lot of time resting in bed and watching DVDs on a laptop. 
<laughs> including the entire uh, four seasons that are out so far of Game of Thrones. Any <laughs> Game of Thrones fans right? And I just love, love, love that part in the first season where Arya is learning how to sword fight, and she has that guy that was the first sword of Bravos. That's her, her fencing instructor. He calls himself the dancing master. And there's this thing <clears throat> that he says to Arya that I just love. He asks her all the time. He says, what do we say to death? And the answer is, not today. Not today. So in that spirit, I would like to pose a similar question to all of you. What do we say to cancer? The answer is right here on my shirt. You can say it with me. 